0: Okay, well, um, I'm going to try to preach after that. Uh, we are in the gospel of Mark. Wow, that was wow, that was so so exciting you know We're in the gospel of Mark. okay. We're in the gospel of Mark, all right and we are going to continue today. We're in chapter seven and today we're going to be looking at verses 24. Through 30. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and bring, pull those out. If you have your phone and you have UVersion, we have UVersion set up. you can go to the UVersion events and you'll see Lifebrook Church and the scriptures of my sermons uh, will be there. Uh, you can use your tablet or you can read it up on screen. But I want to begin today by reading the passage of Scripture itself. So we're looking at verse seven, chapter seven, verse chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. And so he got up and departed from there. To the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, but he could not escape notice. Instead, immediately after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she was asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, because it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she replied to him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, Because of this, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. When she went back to her home, she found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. So, what a challenging passage of Scripture to preach on. As we continue in the Gospel of Mark, we come to this passage, and it reveals this mother who is with a desperate need. I mean, her daughter is possessed by a demon. And while we we know little information about the identity of this woman, what we do know is that she is a woman of great faith. Can you say that word, faith? Faith, come on, let's say it, say it, boldness. Faith, yes. She is a woman with great faith. She has faced a tremendous need and she is determined to get Jesus to give her the help that she desperately needs. And she is even, as the scripture says, she is content to receive the crumbs that falls from the Lord's table. Now I don't know about you, but I know that I in my life have faced great needs at times and I have been at the point of giving up. Any of you been there? Huh? We all have faced a great need at some point in life. We've been confronted with a situation that seems to be beyond our ability. And during these situations, and maybe this is just me, but during these situations, it's hard, but we we need to have the kind of faith that we see in this woman in this passage today. Because let me just tell you something. And Joey has testified to this so well today. And I didn't talk to her about this, and she didn't even realize it. But Jesus, listen, Jesus is the answer to all of our situations and struggles. Jesus is the only solution to whatever struggles you and I are facing in life. If we don't have Jesus, we don't have the solution do you realize that today? He possesses the greatest of power and he cares about our needs and he is more he is more than able to provide for each and every one of us if we will just trust in him and have faith. So let's go ahead and let's tackle this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to try to do this real quick this morning. I'm trying to get you through out of here in at least an hour or so. Uh, So uh, let's start with verse 25 and 26, okay? That was a joke. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, I'm back to my old self. Thank you. All right. So uh, let's begin talking about the mother's position that we see in this passage of Scripture. So following his encounter with the Pharisees and instruction of the disciples, we saw in the, verse 20, the 23 verses last week uh, uh, of the beginning of chapter 7, so Jesus uh, departed into the area around Tyre and Sidon, okay? And apparently he's going here to seek some rest, okay? Verse 24 tells us this. He, and so he enters into this house, uh, and he doesn't want anyone to know. It's kind of like what happens to me on Sunday, Monday mornings, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my secret, and then it's, and then I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna. It's not gonna be a secret anymore. So, on Monday, Mondays, oftentimes when I come into the office, because technically the office hours say Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, what I will do is I will pull my vehicle around the back of the church. And I'll sneak in through the back door, and I'll go hide in my office. Now, it worked so much better back in the days when we had a wall around the back, okay? But there's no wall back there. But oftentimes, oftentimes, people will I'll hear people come in and out of the church on Mondays, all right? So if you're anybody coming in and out, oftentimes, I'll come in and hear people come in and out on Mondays, and, and I'll just sit in my office, and I just listen. Because I normally park my car right out in front. And so they don't see my car, and so they don't think I'm there. All right? And so I try to get in, and I sneak in the church. And it's Monday's just my day of I try to read, and I just kind of kick back and relax. If you walk into my office on Mondays, I've got this little rolled uh, towel that I put behind the back of my neck as I'm sitting in my wonderful Ohio State Buckeyes uh, 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 chair that is so comfortable, and i 'll prop my feet up on my desk okay and, and usually I do I, I go into that position for about three or four hours because once I get my feet up there it's very difficult for me to get them back down and so uh, and so I just kind of hide all right because Mondays are kind of like that day for me to just kind of to refocus all right Well Jesus here in this passage. He's trying to do that, okay? He's got his Ohio State Buckeyes chair set up, all right? Yes, did you guys know that he's an Ohio State Buckeye fan? We'll talk about that later, okay? And he's trying to get into this house, and he doesn't want anyone to notice, but he couldn't escape notice, the passage says. He's quickly approached By this mother in desperate need. Now, I want you to consider some things. I want you to, number one, consider her dilemma. I mean, in verse 25, it says, Instead, immediately after hearing about him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit came and fell at his feet. All right? Now, the text doesn't reveal how long she had been in this desperate situation, uh, but the mother, what she did recognize is that she had a great need, and clearly she had no control over this spirit, and she stood in need of the Lord's help, okay? I don't know if you realize this, but often these spirits... That are like this, and it says in the scripture they're often hard to cast out. While Jesus had no problem with them, we read in other passages of scripture, like Mark chapter nine, that uh, that the disciples faced difficulties at time with these unclean spirits. And following one in particular encounter, uh, they were unable to cast out this spirit of, in, in a young boy. And, and Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, they questioned Jesus about the difficulty, and he revealed to them in in Mark nine verse twenty nine and I don't have it up there, so don't even look for it, okay? He said, this kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting, all right? Now, as I was reading this, what I understand in this passage is that we all face situations that require the Lord's power and provision, amen? 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 This woman found herself in a dilemma. She's in a situation and there is nothing that's going to solve this situation. There's nothing that's going to take care of this dilemma except for Jesus himself. All right? And her devotion that we see goes on in verse 26 and it says the woman, she's a Gentile, she's a Syrophoenician woman, okay? By birth. She's asking him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Somehow, this desperate woman, she heard Jesus was in town and she came to him falling on her feet, falling at his feet, falling on her knees, okay? And this this is an act of submission and worship is what's happening here, okay? Although she was Unable to handle the situation she faced, she believed that Jesus could meet her need. Do you believe that today? She humbled herself before the Lord in an act, and I want you to catch this in an act of worship. She didn't come before Jesus going, Hey, I got this problem, I got this situation. I, I've heard you know how to heal. I've heard you you can, you, can, you can cast out demons. Hey, I got this problem. I need you to fix my problem for me. No. What does she do? She came with an act of worship. She came and humbled herself before the Lord in an attitude of worship. You see, I want you guys to realize that this is an important act of faith that is often overlooked and it is even neglected by us as the body of Christ. Some view, I, I, I don't know, maybe I, I, I have in the past, some people view Jesus kind of like a genie in a bottle. Any of, you, any of you struggle with that? You guys remember I Dream of Genie? No? No? Yes? Sometimes I think we treat Jesus like we... No. And we treat him like he's a genie in the bottle, and we just assume that he's just waiting for us to rub the bottle, and he can appear, and he can, reme- he can just meet whatever our request is. Other times we treat him like a vending machine. You know, you, you ever think about that? How many, of you, how many of you have ever used a vending machine? I love vending machines. You know why? I can put money in it, and it spits out whatever I want, as long as it's in the machine. But I, I love going, I, you know what I love about going to hotels? I love when I stay at hotels going to vending machines and spending astronomical amounts of money on stuff that I would never spend on anywhere else just because I can go and put the money in there and and these new vending machines, they go (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I think that's the way we view Jesus. It's like a vending machine. I can, and, and now vending machines, it's amazing. I can remember I used to have to like scrape up quarters and dimes and nickels for the vending machine. Now vending machines, you can just whip out your credit card and slide it in. Crazy. Jesus is not a genie in the bottle. And Jesus is not a vending machine. I am very thankful, listen, I am very thankful for the Lord's care and provision in my life. But I am also very much aware of His deity and the fact that He's not just there to meet my needs. He is God incarnate, He is the Father, and He deserves every ounce of worship that I can give Him. You see, every prayer and every request that we make to him ought to be preceded. That means in front of, preceded, okay? So first, we lift him up, we worship him, we give him adoration. And then, we seek, we petition You see, this woman here, she's modeling this. She is showing us her devotion, okay? She has this dilemma that she has to bring before the Father. Her daughter is in desperate need. But she also understands who Jesus is. She understands his deity. She understands his worthiness of being worshipped. She understands that he is the reason for her existence. And finally, after doing that, she presents the need to do him. Now, what's more interesting to me about this, and it makes, very, it makes point of in this passage of scripture, is that this woman is a Gentile. She's a Syrophoenician woman, she, uh, she's a Greek, all right? All right? We are not given this woman's name, we don't know who she is, but she is identified by her race. And her nationality. Why is that? Why is she? Na- why is she recognized that? The point is, she is not Jewish. All right, she is of a Canaanite descent. Okay, and while the Jews may have tolerated her existence in the city, she would not have been welcome or wanted in the synagogue. All right, or within their fellowship in any way, shape, or form. You see, back in the Old Testament, this is why I'm always telling us the Old Testament is so important, you see, the Canaanites, they rejected Jehovah. They rejected Yahweh in the Old Testament. And they continued, even to this point, to live in rebellion and idolatry. She was not welcome among the Jewish people because of her identity. Do you realize how similar we are to that? I mean, do you understand that? Do you realize that we, folks, listen, we, apart from Jesus Christ, we're hopeless. We are alone. All right, If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you're as lost and as far away as this woman felt from the religious community. But verse 26 reminds us of her desire. She was asking him to cast the demon out of the, her daughter. Although she was a Canaanite woman, She came to Jesus in faith, desiring him to cast out the unclean spirit of her daughter. I got to take a drink, real quick. (coughs) You see, what she needed is she needed a miracle. And she believed that Jesus had the power to provide what she needed. It's interesting to note that the word asking in this passage of Scripture, I want to read that, and she was asking him, all right? I want you to notice this. Asking in the Greek literally means a continual action, okay? So in other words, what she was doing here is she was coming to the Lord, and she just kept on begging and begging and begging Jesus to heal her daughter, okay? And so, what this picture, what this passage is, is it's a beautiful picture of grace. Do you understand we're covered by grace? Do you guys understand what grace is? You want me to tell you what grace is? Grace is you and I getting things that we don't deserve. Grace is us being taken care of, being taken care of, when we haven't earned any reason to be taken care of. You see, that's why we talk about here at Lifebrook Church, when we talk about salvation, salvation is not something that you earn, all right? Salvation is not something that you get if you do enough, okay? If you if you act a certain way, if you give enough, if you serve enough, then, then you can get saved. I've talked to a lot of people who won't step in, inside the, uh, the doors of a church because they don't think that they're good enough to come inside. Let me just fill us all in. None of us are good enough. But because of God's grace, We can receive that which we do not deserve. We can get what we haven't earned. You see, this passage here, it's a beautiful picture of grace. It's it's one deemed unworthy. She is deemed unworthy in the eyes of the religious culture here. And she comes before the Lord passionately seeking his touch like this woman we have to be people of faith willing to continually bring our need before the Lord you see often we face situations that require prolonged and persistent prayer And it's not our timing, but it's his timing and his timing alone. And we cannot give up on our loved ones or on the very needs that we face. We must be willing to continually seek the Lord to meet those needs and to trust him and have faith that in his timing he will set us free. You see, the woman here, she persistently went and asked. Her persistence, in verse 27, it says, Jesus said to her, let the children be fed first, because it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, on the surface, this response seems, let's just admit it, doesn't it seem a little harsh? I mean, doesn't it? I mean, isn't this one of those moments, let's just be honest, let's, when, when we rewrite this passage the first time, isn't this one of those moments when we're like, oh, Jesus, come on, really? Did you just say that to her? Oh, am I the only one that thinks that? Yeah. It seems somewhat out of character for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want you to know something. When you step into the scripture a little bit deeper, when we study the scripture at a deeper level and we seek to understand this statement, what we discover is this. Jesus was never, we never see Jesus harsh with those who come to him in genuine faith. So why do we make the assumption that he would be harsh here right now? Have we ever seen him harsh with those who have genuine faith in him? Say no. No. The only people we ever see Jesus harsh with are what? The Pharisees, yeah. The Sadducees, yeah. Us. (laughs) I mean, at other churches in this community, not necessarily us, right? Okay? All right? He's never harsh with those who come to him in genuine faith. You see, this statement that he makes here, this is not a statement of rejection, but rather of conviction. It's a a statement of revelation that he's actually making here. You see, the woman, she recognized Jesus as a man of great power, being willing to humble herself before him, all right? She may have even believed that he was the Messiah. I don't know. It doesn't say one way or the other, okay? It appears that Jesus is seeking to lead her forward in her faith. It's not not only recognizing he was the Christ, okay, but that he was the Savior for all, including her. You see, what Jesus is doing here is he's setting her up to be able to show her that not only does he have the power to heal her daughter... but he has the power and the authority to bring healing to her soul and to bring restoration to her life you see he's not trying to be harsh with her what he's doing here is he's setting her up to take her to an even deeper level in other words what he's wanting to say to her is he's wanting to say not only am i going to not only am i going to get this demon out of your daughter But I'm going to show you, I'm going to reveal to you the bread of life. I'm going to reveal to you living water. I'm going to let you know who I really am. You see, clearly Jesus had come to the house of Israel. He would not reject those who had genuine faith. He sought to increase her faith. And for her, not only to embrace him as the healer of her child, but he sought for her to embrace him as Lord and Savior. You see, if she was to receive, she has to believe. And she doesn't need, he doesn't want her just to believe in his healing power. He wants her to believe in his eternal power. You see, the second part of his response seems even harsher when you really think of it. But again, that was never Jesus' intention, okay? He is seeking to bring her to faith in him. It would not be right to take the bread of the gospel and carelessly cast it out to those who have no desire to serve the Lord or embrace him as Christ. Salvation, folks, is a work of grace through, what's that other word we've been talking about? Faith. That's exactly right, okay? All would not receive him as the Christ, and he had no desire to carelessly deal with those much like the Pharisees who lacked faith and rejected his deity. And so we get to verse 28, and and she replies to him, and she says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. You see, what this is, is this is a desperate mother who has come in faith and she is committed to receiving his petition. And as Jesus spoke of giving the children's bread unto the dogs, she declares to him that even the dogs are allowed to have the crumbs that fall from the table. She knew this. Listen. She knew the Lord had the ability to meet her need and she desired to receive even the smallest portion of His grace. Her faith in the Lord realized that even the smallest touch from Him would be sufficient. You see, while this woman was a Canaanite, her faith stands as a model for everyone she may have been a Gentile she may have been one who was a part of the group who rejected Yahweh but she knew that the problem she faced was not beyond the Lord's ability to handle Can I ask us a question here today as we stand here? What kind of faith do we have? What kind of faith do we need? You see, folks, I want you to understand something. We've got to trust the Lord to meet every need we have. Or don't trust him at all. Do you hear me? Like her, we've got to recognize His power, all right? Not His power when it's convenient for us. Not His power when we desperately need it. But we've got to recognize His power in every single part of our lives. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ever ask or think. His power is beyond our ability to comprehend. And even the smallest touch in our lives is more than enough. Don't ever try to figure out God's power, it's beyond our ability to even comprehend. Now, we move to verse 29 and 30, and here we find the mother's provision, okay? After bringing her request to Jesus and remaining persistent in faith, Jesus provides for her need. We discover some things here that are important for us. We discover, number one, there's a moment of hope. In verse 29, then he tells her, he says, Because of this reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. Jesus recognizes, he recognizes, and he responds to her faith and the faith that she has in him, all right? Her commitment to the Lord, to the Lord by faith, it compels Jesus to grant her request. Her faith was essential, and it brought about the result that she desired. You see, folks, it's impossible to overemphasize the importance of faith in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Faith, it's essential. It's essential for our salvation. We are saved by grace. Through faith. I'm going to say that again. Faith is essential not only to bring about salvation, but faith is also essential to maintain our fellowship with our Lord and Savior. Okay, We will never be able to continue in our Christian journey apart from faith. It is faith that is essential when we come before the Lord in prayer. You see, as we pray, we must believe that Jesus can and will meet our needs. Sometimes I think we come to the altar and we come down here, you know, and we get down on our knees before the Lord and we're like, I know you're probably busy up there. I know you got a lot more important things than me. You probably still remember what I did when I was 15. Gosh. But anyway, I'm going to ask you to help me with this. You probably won't, but I'm going to lay it out here anyway. I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just put it down here, you know, and I I know Ron's praying down there, and he's more spiritual than I am, so you're probably listening to him and not me. But... I'm just gonna lay it down there, and if you, if you, if you think about it, you know, it's right there. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Probably won't answer my prayer anyway. Listen, if you don't kneel. In faith, you might as well not kneel at all. Because you have to have faith and believe that he will meet your needs. The prayers that go unanswered, I believe much of the time, are the prayers that are prayed without faith. Hear me on that. We will never be able to continue in our Christian journey without faith. You cannot walk with the Lord without faith. There was this moment of hope. Because of this reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. It was her faith that brought Jesus to the healing. It's a miracle healing. When she went back to her home, she found her child lying on the bed and the demon was gone. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't, please, don't think that we have anything to do with God's power, okay? That's not why I'm trying to say here. I'm not trying to say that it's your faith that gives him power, his power is there. It's your faith that gives him the desire. To release his power. Did you catch that? And there was healing that took place. The woman had come to Jesus in faith. And he did not disappoint her. She returned home with the promise. That her daughter would be delivered. And when she got there. The demon had departed from her. Faith brought her to Jesus. Faith sustained her through the trial. And faith brought deliverance. You see, these passages of Scripture here today, these are offerings to us of great encouragement as we are reminded of the power and the ability of our Lord Jesus Christ. They can also, if we're not careful, create a bit of discouragement. You see, we all face a wide-ranging list of difficulties in life. Maybe you have prayed many prayers of faith and have yet to receive the answer that you desired. Man, thank you so much for your testimony today, Joey. Wow. You see, what we need to remember, we need to remember that the woman had to remain persistent in her faith. You see, the initial response from Jesus didn't promise healing, but she persisted. While he doesn't always answer in the time or manner that we hope, we must remain committed to the Lord and depend on him to meet our need in his time according to his will. As the band gets up, ready to come up here, I want to say something to you. He knows what we need. He knows when we need it. And he has the ability to provide it. If you believe that, if you trust in that, He will always give you the peace as you persist. Amen. Now, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't have any kind of uh, I don't have any kind of ways of reading people's minds. Uh, yeah, I wish I did. Um, we, Marcy and I, would, we we would never have another fight in our life if I could read her mind. Not, not, not that we fight. It, we we have discussions where I discover that I'm wrong, and then we correct those things. I don't know what you're facing today. But I am certain without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is aware of your need. If you are struggling in life and you're desperate for him to touch your life, bring whatever it is to him in prayer with faith because if you bring it to him in prayer and you have faith that he will take care of you you can trust him I'm going to read what I wrote down here you can trust him to meet your need according to his divine will. Amen. The biggest struggle in this room today may be for some of you, and I don't know if there's any in this room, who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because you see, if you don't know him, you aren't able to have faith in him. And if you're not able to have faith in him, you can't trust him. And so, some of you in this room maybe today need to start by giving your life to him. And he's not asking, listen, he's not asking you to clean yourself up. He's not asking you to go straighten everything out, okay? He doesn't care what your struggles are. He doesn't care what your vices are. He doesn't care about any of those things that you don't want other people to know that you do. What he cares about is you. Because, you see, if you put yourself in his hands all of that other stuff in his perfect time he'll see you through it and whatever needs to be changed whatever needs to be transformed whatever needs to be cleaned up he's going to help you clean it up matter of fact some of it he'll just clean it up for you you'll just like wake up one day and you're like like it's just gone you know You may have some kind of thing that you struggle with, and you just wake up one day and it's like, I don't struggle with it anymore. All right? I used to struggle with Snicker candy bars. (laughs) Let's use another illustration. (laughs) Um, He is ready to set you free. You see, this woman, she brought her need before the Lord knowing that he was the solution. And she didn't stop until she saw what she knew would happen, and that was him healing her daughter. Folks, today, for all of us here, God wants so much more for us than just the crumbs underneath the table. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we can just get the crumbs under the table our lives will be transformed let him have control Heavenly Father this morning I thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your word and Lord I pray that whatever flaws that came out because of me Lord that you separate those away so that We hear what it is that you have for us today. And Lord, I pray that we respond to whatever it is that you're speaking to us. And I pray this in your most precious name. And everybody says, amen.
1: Oh, be my anthem, Lord. When the world has fallen quiet, you stand beside me and give me a song in the night. And Jesus. right heart shoulder its burdens and carry Christ behind me remember love
0: remember mercy
1: Christ before me Christ behind me your loving kindness has never failed me Christ before me Christ behind me remember love remember mercy christ before me christ behind me your loving kindness has never failed me christ before me christ behind me and jesus i need Need you every moment. I need you now. This grace for heart sing out your praise forever. Remember, love, remember Remember mercy. Christ be for me. Christ be. before me, Christ behind me, remember love, remember mercy, Christ before me, Christ behind me, your loving kindness has Never ever failed me, Christ before me, Christ behind me. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you that you have met us where we needed you. And We thank you, Lord, for each one that has been in this place. Father, I ask that you go with us this week. Help us to remember that you are right there with us. Help us to remember the word you gave us this week, and help us, Father, to have faith, faith that never doubts that you are who you say you are, and you do the things that you promised you would do in your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.